We're about to kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, brought to you by the fine folks over at, where else? Geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy this show, and I think you do, the best way to help us out is just spread the word. Uh, tell everybody that you enjoy listening to Geek in the City Radio on whatever social media platform you use, as well as giving us a five-star review on sites like iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or iHeartRadio. Those reviews go much farther than you would ever imagine in helping us climb the metrics, which uh, just gets us more listeners, which just makes us a bigger and more nerdier family for everyone to enjoy, which we're going to do right now with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. We're gonna talk about the stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert, we're going more back to 12. Thanks for pressing play. Now we're gonna save the day. Alright! Why, hello, and welcome to issue 623 of Geek in the City Radio. I am your long missing co host, Aaron Duran. I'm your still here other host, Beanerita. And I am your other other host, Cable Hashtani. How's everybody doing? I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. I even I even did my makeup in honor of tonight's guest. Nice. Uh, I tried to comb my hair and then I put headphones on and my hair went, fuck you. I'm I I did. I, I came home from work. <laughs> it's not too also... late to put on a bold Kelly cable. I encourage you mm. to to put on a what? A bold lip like Kelly Sue does. Oh, it, your audio cut out for a split second, so I heard it's not too late to put on a bowl for Kelly Sue. I'm like, she likes bowls. Like, I mean, I'm not going to speak for the woman. She she might love bowls. She might not. We'll have to I mean, save that for when she gets here. Bowls are great. Who doesn't love bowls? And this this is what we've been missing for the past two weeks. <laughs> I, should, I should just leave. You guys got on task. And... No, no, no. You are infinitely more experienced at producing than, than we are. So back to work. Oh, yeah. No, I'm there. I'm all over it. <laughs> so how was everybody's week? Or two weeks or whatever. It's been all right. I think. Super sweet. That's good. Cool. 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 Fine. I mean, Black Friday is coming up, but you know. <laughs> right. Fine. I, I say that, but New Guardian Black Friday is so much easier than the Black Fridays of Guardian Old. Yeah, I saw that they're just opening at regular time. Uh-huh. Nice. That's very nice, yeah. And have adequately staffed the floor. Madness. And That's know, amazing. I, I did a count the other day. We have 31 employees at Guardian presently. That seems like a good Jeez. amount. That seems like an appropriate amount for the size of store that it is. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. That's great. I think the most that we ever had in in previous iteration of Guardian was probably 18. Ooh, that's rough. And that number included the store owners 
who didn't work every day. Right. Yeah, that's not, that's, that's almost half. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yep. I'm trying to get my, I'm trying to get the, uh, my live feed up on Facebook so I can check out the listeners. They're right there. Always such they a... are right there. They're right there. I know. I just I have to get to. Oh, that's the problem. It's Sesame not, Street. No, no. I know how to get there. That's not true. If I knew that, I would go there and not come back to this place. Ooh. This place is terrible. I, I think the real question is, Aaron, how have you been? We haven't seen you in a couple <laughs> weeks. Is there any news? Uh, there might be a little bit of news. <laughs> so Denise and Cable have known about this for basically three years now. And have been very good at keeping quiet. Uh, but yeah, last Thursday, so less than a week ago, uh, Oni Press officially announced Season of the Bruja coming out March of next year. Written by me! Um, it's actually been almost, I think it's been longer than three years because I was approached by Shauna Gore. Actually, I remember this. It was literally when I was at the Mexiconics Initiative in October of 2018. Mm-hmm. She sent me an email saying, hey, I am looking for new titles for Lion Forge. They want more diversity titles. Do you have that Bruja idea still? <laughs> and I said, yes, I do. She's like, great. Could you write up a one-page synopsis and pitch? I'm like, yeah, when do you want it? And she said, I don't know, by the end of the weekend? And I said, Shauna, I'm at a convention right now in <laughs> San Jose. And she said, be great if you can get it to me by the end of the weekend when I go into my meeting. And I did. <laughs> uh, and then for folks who don't know about like the comic stuff, Lionforge and Oni had a merger and then Lionforge went away. There were multiple times I thought that my book was going to die because when companies merger, they cut titles, they cut stuff and season the Bruja survived every single transition. Um, so yeah, I'm super jazzed. Uh, the artist I'm working with is named uh, Sarah Solar. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's wonderful. She lives in Barcelona uh, along with her partner, Diana, who does the most like metal drawings ever. In fact, if you look at the cover of Season of Bruja, which was just teased on the beat and ICV2, which was cool. Um, if you look in the background, you'll see it looks like a death metal cover in the background. That's uh, that's Sarah's partner. That's what she drew for us. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. It's uh, it's like the story that I've been trying to tell for a long, long time. And as of right now, it's a five issue miniseries, but uh, who knows? It could be more. I have definitely been asked if I have more stories by certain people. And I said, yes, yes, I do. Oh, maybe a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only, yeah, maybe a couple. So everyone prepare yourselves for the relentless promotion I will be doing. Um, if you guys all think David Popose will not shut up when he's promoting his books, rightly so. Yeah, I have no idea what's coming. Because I, <laughs> I have a microphone. Um. And you have co-hosts who have been telling you for years, promote yourself. Yes. Also Uh, relentlessly. Yes. That will, uh, yeah, definitely be happening. Um, Actually, I'm going to throw something in right now because I promised 
Uh, oh, it won't let me. Screw you, Facebook. I was going to put a picture on the chat, but I can't. So I'll put it up later. I, I promised for the show I would release a little teaser image that Sarah drew for us, but it's not letting me. So if you listen to the podcast, go to go to my Facebook page now and my Twitter account uh, now. No. Open a separate browser, though. Stay stay here with us on this part of Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So, yeah. Browser, uh, as though people are at their computers right now. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I am, I'm super jazzed. I'm really excited. The art Sarah's been doing is amazing. Again, Cable and Denise have seen some of the art. They were one of the trusted few that got to see art early. Um, and yeah, Sarah's work is amazing. Yeah. We didn't leak it to 4chan or anything. No, nothing. Did you, did you Steve Lieber me? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, you know I didn't do that because I don't know where 4chan is and I like it that way. No, you're better for it. Norm, don't tell her. Dark, dark parts. Uh, also, internet. Norm says that we are, we, uh, you know, the royal we, our listeners, are ready for the flood of Duran. So Woo-hoo! that is that is the green light as though you were waiting for one. As if I was waiting for one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I'm super pumped. It's delving into themes that I myself have been like, Dealing with sounds really heavy, but I guess that's like themes that I've been researching, like personal history and all that stuff. I got to weave all that in to the story. Um, Sarah's thrown things at me, like in the best way possible. Um, in fact, I, one thing I'll say is in the book, you're going to meet these two little, the little monsters. Uh, they're basically familiars, um, which were not at all in the original script. Uh, Sarah just drew a shot of Althalia and her abuela Isadora hanging out in the kitchen, and she just threw them in there. And she said, I hope you don't mind. I just wanted to draw these little guys because I think they're cute. And I've researched Mexican myth about, you know, the little Alhambra stuff. And, you know, would it be fun? I'm like, yeah, it'd be great. And then I sat on and was like, wait a minute. I could totally work them even more into the story. So they have a much bigger part than they ever were they were just going to be little background characters that are just kind of there and now they have a much bigger role which as we get closer to march i will explain you know more and more and all that good stuff so uh for folks who are curious it does take place in in portland a a fictional version of portland um i can say that's not at all related to what i have done in the past uh, other than it involves a young mexican-american woman like that's that's kind of it like that's the only kind of thing um Totally new story. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I don't know how much else I can keep, like, yammering on without. Because I can't give anything away. All I can say is that it's out. Or it's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, right. um, remind me, when is the release date again? March 16th, 2022. So then, so, on what day are you allowed to actually talk about, like, plot and stuff? Well, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't want to give too much away. Um, I'll probably start teasing some ideas when we get closer. I think it's going to be in the December's preview. Okay. Uh, I don't have the order number yet. Otherwise, I would be putting on every single thing I post. Um, but there's no order number yet. And when it is, when it does, though, I definitely I will I will be all over for sure. Uh, pushing that. I, I just want to make everyone aware, in case you want to fold this to your release date, that also happens to be National Panda Day. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> there's there's adorable, no pan- adorable information, but I'm like having a hard time connecting the two. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think there's a way to to do that. <laughs> yeah. No no pandas in this book. 
Um, that we know of. Are there any luchadors that have taken on the colors and the persona or fursona, as you would have it, of I mean, the panda? The uh, no, but I can say there are luchadors in the background of the scene. Yes. <laughs> like they aren't pandas, like the unofficial mascot of the Latina people. <laughs> They're not. They're super not. No. Yeah, no. totally. All Everywhere you go, you see pandas. <laughs> Wrong minority. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't even trying to go there, but <laughs> but here we are. Norm, Viva La Panda. Um, but there, I bet you there's a connect. I bet you Panda Express has that as a commercial in Mexico. Anyway, um, I'll bet they do. Yeah, I well, bet if they not, do. they should. Yeah, mm-hmm. give me that money too. Uh, <laughs> I can say there are uh, there is a frog with wings and a cat with wings in the book. They do show up. Are they are, as are they Alhambras? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and if you're a fan of cat art and stuff, uh, Sarah took every chance she got. So I will throw this in. Uh, the cat's name is uh, Lokita, so she's the crazy one, and the frog is named Gordo. Because if there's one thing Mexicans love to do, is use terms of endearment that are actually insulting words. Um, hmm. but every chance Sarah got. She drew cat butts whenever she had the chance. There are so many cat butts in this book. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't know how to feel about that. I, it just, I mean, now I'm giving like a bad, go buy the book. It has cat butts. Like that's not it. But like, I, I, I chatted with her a few times and I know every time she got to draw that, she giggled. She like, <laughs> Denise, you share a home with a cat. You know exactly how you feel about cat I do butts how I everywhere. Feel about that. Yeah. And so do half our listeners, I'm sure. Like they've yeah. they've they've seen it too. <laughs> yeah, I try to keep it out, you know, over there. But um, is the book all ages? Asks Sack. Uh, yes, it is. It's actually geared towards a younger, like early YA audience. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. And uh, now the, the now doesn't the mean that just shit full doesn't... of cat butts. Yeah, I should have. I should have known. Uh, doesn't mean the book doesn't get serious. Um, a few people have been able to read the first issue already, uh, a few pros and whatnot. And a few close friends have read the script and uh, every single one of them said, you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, it is fun and it's lighthearted and I've got jokes and I've got mythology and all that, but you know, it wouldn't be something I wrote if I didn't also just decide to kind of like yank your heart out a little bit at the same time. Sure. Yep. <laughs> So you're welcome. Eric. Yeah. But we're, uh, we're super excited for you. I'm super excited too. So I told my mom and Abuela, like I sent them the article and I didn't realize that my Abuela was hanging out with my mom when she got the article. And apparently I don't think my Abuela knew she was doing this, but apparently she got really excited and started to do this little dance that apparently looks a lot like flossing. So try to imagine a tiny, tiny little brown 92 year old Mexican woman who's maybe four foot eight, maybe weighs a buck, um, getting excited and, and flossing in the kitchen. I'm going to picture the abuelita from the cover of your book. Yes. Although my, 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 uh, my abuela is a little bit, she's tiny, tiny, mm-hmm. like skinny, it's like skinny, tiny, but yes. Yeah. No, that's about right. Um, yeah. Flossing. Doing, um, 
I don't think she knew she was doing that. That I think that's just how she dances now. So, <laughs> you're, you're you're a, a, a big Fortnite player. I, I I think it's cute, and especially anyone who has ever met her would realize that that's hilarious. <laughs> this is the woman that drinks half a glass of wine and goes, "Oh, mio, that's enough." I got the vapors. She's like, "Oh, you know what? If I have any more, mio, the things I'll say." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, please." Yeah. I'll never forget <laughs> the time my grandma, um, she was visiting up in Washington. That's when I lived in Washington. The family was there. Anyway, I have a hangover, real classy, hanging out with your grandma with a hangover. Oh, uh, yeah. And my grandma's like, sweetie, you just need, you just need another beer. And, and I was shocked. And I'm like, grandma, why do you know about these things? You know, abuelita. Um, what's funny is they, I think everyone inferred that I didn't know about hair of the dog based on like my surprise reaction. But really, it was just that I was shocked to hear my abuelita tell me about hair of the dog. I'm like, because she just never struck me as the kind of person who partied that that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I have seen uh, my abuela buzzed once. And it was probably 20 years ago when, like, all of her, when she, when, like, when all of the family was together. So, like, she's mm-hmm. the oldest of five if I remember correctly. And there was a time like all of them in the living room and um, my, my Tia, Terry, her young, the youngest one. So the youngest sister, um, she loves her wine. Like she has an entire, like she built a wine cellar in their house. When they moved near my grandma, she, one of the rules is like, Ed, you're building me a wine cellar. Nice. Why you're just going to drink it. I need a place to put it. Yeah, I don't recall ever seeing my grandma so much as buzzed. I, I mean, it probably happened, and it probably happened more when I was much younger. Yeah. And if anything, it probably paled in comparison to her sons getting drunk. Sure. And so, yeah. like, you don't really notice if your cute little abuelita is a little tipsy when all the young men are just ripped. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think what happened to mine is that my my Aunt Terry kept doing that uh, kept doing the stealth pour you know so like when my grandma's not paying attention it's and, and you know she's like i could have swore i drunk more of this she's like no <laughs> i'm not done with it yet yeah so yeah <laughs> um, yes Ida, abuelitas get crunk and i think probably uh i i regret never never partying with my grandma just a little more when i had the chance yeah, I mean, mine was not in the partying mood by the time I became of age, you know, where that could happen. I didn't really see my grandmother for a long time until, I, and, you know, ah, that's not true because she used to visit up in Washington a lot, but she was mostly there to take care of her other grandchildren. Right. It was less, less of a, like a fun visit for her and more like childcare. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so my like wild party times with you know with her were her waking me up at you know one or two a.m. because she really wanted a baked potato or a cinnamon roll and it would wake me up. <laughs> a cinnamon bowl. Roll. Roll. Okay. She loves cinnamon. She loved to make cinnamon rolls, or loves to. I keep saying past tense. She loves to make cinnamon rolls at night and uh, 
fucking baked potatoes. I don't know why. I knew about the baked potatoes. Mm-hmm. You've talked about that one before. Yeah. Never mentioned the cinnamon rolls. Oh, yeah. Cinnamon rolls are the other one that she likes a lot. Is That's definitely like, her other thing. Like from scratch or like for, like uh, the Pillsbury pop a can? Uh, oh, pop a can. Um, mm. One thing I will say is that my brother is a really good cook. She hates it. She likes to make tortillas so she can have them with butter and salt. That's the only reason why she likes them. Mm, fresh and maybe the occasion, yeah, and maybe the occasional quesadilla. Um, mm. she's, I know she's a good cook. She hates it. She loathes cooking. Um, and there are probably reasons for that that I'm not going to go into on the show. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, I, I think I know what those reasons are. Yeah, but. Uh, but she definitely has cooking skills, but um, she doesn't really like to. All right, who's got the best monster truck rally announcer voice? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's me. I mean, you should try it. I've never heard your monster truck voice. Uh, okay, that's a long one too. All right, I'll be I'll be your backup radio guy because all these commercials always have. Like, air horn. Don't forget to be ready for air horns. Right. I'm just saying, like every, every every radio monster truck commercial has the white guy version of the Amen Man. So. <laughs> okay, so you got you do that guy. Cable is yeah. air horns. I guess I'm the announcer. <laughs> do you like your comics diverse? diverse. Do you like them with dancing grandmas? Grandma. Cat butts, cat butts, <laughs> Well, we have the comic for you. La Bruja from Aaron Duran. We will sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. <laughs> Thanks, Norm. Kids under twelve get in free at the St. Helens Coliseum. Woo! Brought to you by brought to you by Bymart and Les Schwab. Don't forget, it's free meat month at Les Schwab. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And oh, you I didn't grow up on the sticks around Les Schwab. I did yeah. not. No. Gable, do you remember Free Meat Month? Yes, I do. It's free, it's free Meat Month. It's saluting our ranchers at Les Schwab. Get a whole Depending chub on... of ground, American ground beef. That's right. It all depends on what you were getting. If you're just getting your tires rotated, you got like a you got like a summer sausage. But if you're getting shock struts and the whole thing, you go home with like chub. a couple chub of beef. A whole chub your... of beef. Les Schwab salutes your ranchers. Free beef. Well, so I just had to whole I just had to buy a whole set of tires from Les Schwab. What would I have gotten for that? A whole set of brand new tires? All four oh, new tires. Uh, you probably, probably would have gotten my life. T-bone? A T-bone? A couple T-bones, yeah. 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 That would have been a nice salve on having to blow that kind of money when I'm unemployed, a T-bone. Yeah. No, the, I mean, the prop- I would have preferred a ribeye, but I'll take a T-bone. Yeah, I mean, what the, this is all what happened when Les Schwab died. All this shit went away. You know? And now they're owned by like some California, you know, investment capitalist company. So they're boned. Mm. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Didn't mean to derail on free beef, but that's one of the weird. It's quite all right. It's definitely a small, like if you grew up in a small town with Les Schwab, A, that's the only place you went. Yep. They are so ingrained. I am 45 years old. Whenever I have a problem with my tires or someone says I have a problem with tires, you should go to Les Schwab. Don't take, they do take care of you. They are good. Yeah, the, there's a reason there? they have the reputation that they have. True. Uh, this episode of Geek is Radio brought to you by Les Schwab and Free Beef. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, so since it's nearing that time, do we need to say anything else about anything else? 
Am I forgetting something? I, I don't I know. know. I, I thought maybe we might want to do a reading that's kind of live before we move into the, the, the interview portion of the evening. Uh, yes, you guys should do that. I will be right back. Oh, God. I was not ready for this. It's so early right. in the show. I've had so much sparkling water. This is Geek in the City Radio, brought to you by... Free Beef! <laughs> and PDX Asylum, 3713 Southeast Hawthorne, across the street from the historic Baghdad Theater in the Hawthorne Shopping District. um i think it would behoove as i was lamenting earlier it's black friday coming up which is not a real thing but since it is (laughs) um it's it's capitalism orgy day after you know american gluttony national american gluttony day yep that's Um, my hair tie that's a Uh. Phoenix Asylum. That's my hair tie. Um, <laughs> no, you know what they have that they just shared this week, and I'm like super in love with it. I wish I didn't already have like a perfectly good coffee table. Like I wish I had a oh, cheap piece of junk I could replace. Right? I really wish I was in a position to replace my coffee table right now because this thing is beautiful. It's it it's a sexy piece of furniture. Absolutely, like just like the most classic modern vintage design it's got the little wooden legs like you know not quite hairpin but they're skinny little legs with the little mm-hmm, brass mm-hmm. feet on them it's got a the, drawer um, it's got a pass through yes like, i love a pass through those things yeah it's, and the, it's... the funner the front of the the drawer has that like woven wicker design that always mm-hmm. makes me think of my abuelita's furniture plastic no no, no oh. the woven wicker stuff the oh. opposite of covered in plastic because if my, abuelita, if my abuelita had her way, all of her furniture would still be covered in plastic. That's weird. You have I no just idea. don't understand. Like, why have something nice if you just have to like live with plastic instead? I mean, she also has like twenty towels you're not allowed to use because they're decorative towels. Mm-hmm. I don't understand decorative towels either. I'm like, I ain't got room for that. She has decorative pillows. That sorry. Oh, you're doing a commercial. Never mind. But basically, <laughs> we what we're saying is. Go to PDX Asylum for your uh, all of your gifting needs for Black Friday. Check they, them out. Facebook.com backslash PDX Asylum. They also have these great little vintage planters. Oh, do they? Yes. Well, you know, you everyone needs planters because everyone bought all of the goddamn houseplants in the world. It's true. <laughs> during the first year of the pandemic. Yes. Oh, God. It just Some it kills of them are me even to just still say alive. it that way. Uh, all of the ones that Merrick have, has has brought into the house are all still alive and flourishing. All of the plants I got from Merrick are alive, but not all of the plants I bought are still alive. Interesting. In fact, in fact oh. yeah, everything that no, 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 lies. I did not kill all of the plants I bought. Only some of them, but definitely so all of my propagations are killing it. Only get your plants from Merrick. And only get your fine decor from PDX Asylum. Exactly. There you go. 100%. Again, 3713 Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard, across the street from the Baghdad Theater in the historic Hawthorne Shopping District. Yeah. Follow them online, facebook.com slash PDX Asylum. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but okay. This is just going to be the the episode of Air Horns. I guess so. See, now that's out of the way. Not out of the way. We've Edelin said plastic is in case the Pope visits. 
my family oh. is weird. Uh, sometime around like 1985, they almost all left the church and became non-denomination Christians. What happened in 1985? That's when roughly when I remember to... almost none of the Durans going to Catholic mass anymore, except for like when they were, I don't know. It was still John Paul. Duh. Like when that happens in Protestant Duh. churches, it's usually someone is shipping the reverend or the reverend is shipping someone else. Oh, so I'm I'm interested in what happens in Catholicism when everyone just up and leaves the church. Um, well, yeah, there's something comparable to that, but I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I don't think that was it. I mean, technically, once a Catholic, always a Catholic, unless you're excommunicated or you renounce the church. And none of them did that. You can't make I, me. You can't I make think, me always be a Catholic. Honestly, uh, were you baptized Catholic? Yes. Oh, well, unless you, unless you formally renounce it, you are Catholic, according to the rules of Catholic. Sorry, I stole that from Eddie Izzard. <laughs> <laughs> no, Un- no, until you die, and the then the, the Mormons, Mormons baptize baptiz- you, yeah, in death as a Mormon, yeah. That's that's why I'm gonna have I'm gonna get buried alive. Just like it's like when you know that like we're down to minutes, just just bury me alive. That way they don't get to me because they don't come for you until you're dead, right? They the Mormons they wait till you're dead, right? But in their belief system, baptized posthumously or whatever you have to say that word counts posthumously. Not if you can't get to my body. It no, they they don't do. They just go to a gravesite. Yeah, yeah. Fine, it's fine. Armed guards, then armed guards at all times. I I don't know. This has gone totally off the rails. That's actually I wanted to be. That's actually metal as fuck. I kind (laughs) of like that idea. Well, this is the perfect spot to take a quick break and thank our sponsors. First up, of course, our longest sponsor, Guardian Games. Check them out. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And, you know, it's the time of the year, so you know what this ad's gonna be about. Uh, if you have any kind of gaming nerd in your life, or, you know, apparently maybe you have a new gaming nerd in your life and you want to impress them, the best way to do it is to get them something from Guardian Games. Now, I don't have a whole lot of details But on their Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash GG Portland, they have something that says save the dates for Friday, November 26th through November 28th. Now, I'm not saying it's like a Black Friday, uh, you know, type sale, but it is something about, you know, shopping local with board games and RPGs and stuff. So they're open their regular hours. So don't have to get up early and none of that, none of that foolishness. Um, but definitely uh, keep those dates in mind. Guardian Games has something special planned. And when you're in there picking up that game or RPG or fancy shiny dice set, it's fancy shiny dice set season because why not? Because shiny dice. Um, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. And hey, maybe if you have that person in your life um, or you know, you're know you a guardian or a parent, you're like, oh, my kids are into that stuff, but I have no idea what they play. Um You can get a Guardian Games gift certificate, you know, that way, you know, you know, they're going to get what they want. They might need that new supplement for their game, or maybe they want some shiny dice. I just like saying shiny dice. Uh, Either way, doesn't matter. Guardian Games has the hookup for you. So check them out. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Guardian Games. And then before we start back with the show... I want to talk about Bridge City Comics. Uh, a couple weeks ago, remember I teased that like you're not going to get me to shut up enough about a comic book store? 
Uh, well, this is why uh, Season of the Bruja comes out in March of next year. And a great place to uh, pre-order yours now is at Bridge City Comics. 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon. You can also, and you should, reserve and pick up your copy of um, uh, Wonder Woman, Historia of the Amazons that we're going to speak with Kelly Sue about. It uh, looks gorgeous with art by Phil Jimenez. If you're an old school Wonder Woman fan like me, you remember uh, Phil Jimenez's run on Wonder Woman back in the early aughts, I believe. I could have my dates wrong. Anyway, gorgeous stuff. The book is gorgeous. The story is amazing. So you can get yours today or soon. You know what I mean. Place your order at Bridge City Comics. And also, you know, it's not in Diamond Previews yet, but keep an eye out for Season of the Bruja in your Diamonds Preview catalog or ask Michael to just tell him, like, I want that book. And that way he will order lots and lots and lots of it. That way I get to keep doing more. It's such a self-serving ad this week. Anyway, please check them out. 3725 North Mississippi Avenue, Bridge City Comics. And while you're in there, thank them for being such a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Nope, nope. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I've taken this down a really weird <laughs> yes. road, and I, I, I'm road sorry. Fine. We can go turn f- back around. Yeah. Or us, we can we can prepare for the next part of the aff- show. Let us not offend the followers of of John Smith, Joseph Smith. Oh, let's. Uh, do you think we have any? Look who's just arrived. <laughs> Perfect timing before we offended an entire religious <laughs> subculture in the country. Oops. And she's like, and I'm signing out. Save us from ourselves, Kelly Sue. That's a big Hello, ask. Friends. Hello. 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 How are you? We are uh, fantastic. How are you? I am all right. I am uh, trying to make a uh a loaf of bread for thanksgiving and have dough all over my fingers so that's awesome or things to have all over your hands at the end of the day yeah you know that's all right what else is new your book i like how we got all quiet we're like i don't know it's the (laughs) pandemic we're all inside still you know or working retail. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, before we jump in, Kelly Sue, I always get to say this to Matt, but I've never got to say this to you. Henry Leo is delightful. Aw, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I think he, so too. He, he, they've been a bright spot uh, like in, in my entire time at Guardian Games. Like, Aww. So I, the pandemic, losing... Uh, being able to see them regularly because of the pandemic was was a big loss so yeah <laughs> yeah he um he was actually voicing his uh what's the word i want here um uh, melancholy mm-hmm. at uh at not being able to go uh to the wednesday night gaming thing anymore um and so he actually He's joined a online D and D group with his school now, and they they play over Zoom. Uh, and I think he's had two sessions with it. Cool. So is he is he a player or is he a DM? Oh no, he's playing. He's okay. Because he has he has mad skills as a DM as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. 
good to know. Yep. He, uh, he's, he's, he's a delight. He just is. <laughs> By the way, I, I, I think agree. in the last few minutes, we've covered almost everything like pandemic and hot pandemic era hobbies we got the plants we got the the bread and we mm-hmm. got D. Mm-hmm. i'm sad i missed the plants <laughs> i was just talking about how many of my plants have survived the full duration of the pandemic thus far not all, all, not all of them um yeah i i'm uh i i have lost two recently one was my fault and the other one was the puppy who is also a bad pandemic choice. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Uh, you shared a picture recently that was upsetting. I, I just, yeah. just could not react uh, as though it had happened in my own home. Because I, I know what that feeling is. I'm just like, yeah. what did you do, puppy? <laughs> what have you done? The funniest thing was I was here. Like, I just, I, I was, uh, it, it would. I was doing a podcast and I just gave up. I could not, I kept getting up from the podcast to go run and stop him from chewing on things. And finally I was like, you know what? Just eat all the magazines. Just have them, have some magazines. (laughs) I didn't realize that it happened in plain sight. It was, it was just, it was the single, it was like a, a, friend of mine somebody I absolutely adore was a uh, uh Ken Plume who does uh I think it's called a little bit of a chat um delightful human being Ken and uh so we were supposed to be doing this like oh just getting ca- caught up and and I'm and it was the single most stressful podcast I've ever done in my entire life because oh, 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 no and I can't oh, no. I, I don't know why I'm here I, I don't know why I didn't say like, can I have to call this off and we have to do it another time? You know, I don't know what was like, no, no, we're just, we're barreling through and smiling and it's going to be fine. And, you know, yeah. But yeah. Oof. Yes. That's the whole journey. He's, uh, he's just shy of a year old now. And just shy of a hundred pounds, and a very we've had puppies before, and puppies are a lot of work under the best of circumstances. Mm. But there is an order of magnitude with a, a an oversized puppy that was just had not entered into my calculus. Mm. It's a lot. That's a whole thing. And a mastiff mix once that was energetic. <laughs> those are two words you don't want together no no the dog the dog weighed more than me this was i was like 20 something so i must have been like 115 pounds the dog was bigger than me it was wow. Wow. sweet boy though we loved him yes if we can just get if we can survive padfoot getting to two years old he's going to be amazing but, you know, I, I've got like 50-50. <laughs> we'll see. But then you look in those puppy eyes and you're like, you can do whatever you want. I can't say no. No. I kind of can, though. Oh, <laughs> that's good. I can't. I'm horrible at it. Well, um, he also, 
we've been we have been bonding lately but for a little while I was just really mad at him because he was we have two other dogs and sort of quote-unquote my dog is one of the other dogs and so I felt like it was like you're getting between me and my dog oh (laughs) jealousy yes totally who is this oh this is Claymore hi Claymore loves the camera sometimes there she (laughs) is excellent She's only been up here like three times already. Yay. She's she's the she's the unofficial fourth host. Oh nice. That's true. Yeah, she does mm-hmm. make many appearances for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so should we talk about Historia? Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> um, okay, here's a dumb question. Did I send it to you? Yes. yes. Turner uh, got yes. it to us like two weeks Ooh. ago. So we've yeah. all we've got all a read it. to read it, and we are all uh Full of questions. All right. Uh, let's start with like a quick elevator pitch for any of the listeners who maybe haven't heard of this book or aren't super clear what its, what its content is. Okay. Um, so this is a black label book, which means it exists outside of DC continuity. So uh, it also means that it's a prestige format. So it's oversized, Mm -hmm. um, both in its page count and in its actual dimensions. Um, And the book is a history of the Amazons from the perspective of the Amazons. Um, I, I pitched it originally really huge. I pitched, it was like, uh, let's let's you want to go big let's go big right <laughs> so it, was, it was uh it was pitched to be a a kind of quasi homerian epic with a woman at the center because i was just interested in the fact that i'd never read anything like that and um and i wanted it to go from the moment that uh, the goddesses conceive of the idea of the Amazons to the moment when uh, Steve Trevor lands on the beach, which is when the Wonder Woman story traditionally begins. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we would do it in nine 64-page issues uh, that would be three story arcs. So we got greenlit for the first three. Um, so the first three are in production. And I think depending on how those do and how you know busy everybody is, we'll see about whether or not we get to do the other six. Um, but if we only ever do these three, I will be very proud of this work and very pleased. Um, it's a whole story all by itself. So it's all good. Yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead, Denise. That's a, that's a that's a great uh, that's a good way to sort of like pitch it, describe it as a as a whole concept. I I can't imagine it being only three installments as as it is now, based on like how meaty yet like what a short um, span of time is covered in just this first issue. Yeah, um, I'm like, oh, can we get to Steve Trevor in three? Oh no 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 no. 
Steve Trevor would be at the end of nine. Yeah. Okay, so if you only do three, then you're not truncating it. You're just only telling X amount of the story. Right. So if we we only do three, we're just, we're simply doing the first arc of the three arc series. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that we all noticed about this this first issue and presumably the vibe of the of the full collection is that it very much feels like not not a textbook necessarily but somewhere between a text and just like an like an old old fable book it has a very like ancient tone to it even though there are clearly some like very modern elements and concepts that are being covered here yeah, so the idea was to, it, we're kind of pretending that we're writing the this, like I said, it's the history of the Amazons from the perspective of the Amazons. So our reader is a, a young Amazon who's being educated on the history of her people. Um, and so it, for one thing, it centers and assumes a female readership and just like everyone is welcome to read this book and we hope you enjoy it. Um, but it assumes it, that it is it is talking to a young Amazon. Um, so that's uh, 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 super intentional. And in fact, the um, the like one in 25 variant I want to pretend that's the same cat, by the way, but <laughs> oh, very no. similar cat. I that's think Manju. I think Man- Manju. Yeah, that's Manju. Okay, um, she's I an just, occasional guest host. Uh, guest host. I just really like the idea um, that the that the cat could just cross from one Zoom to another. Like <laughs> somebody write that down magically. I mean, I mean, you know. Um, but yeah. So. Uh, uh, the the one in twenty five variant cover is a is meant to look like a library book. It's like a oh cool like faux leather. Yeah, that's really cool. Abel, I think this is the right time for your question. <laughs> um, so I feel like the the obvious question is always why Wonder Woman, and the obvious answer is why the hell not. Um, Mine came more to, um, of all the, all the ways to tell Wonder Woman stories, um, how did you come to this particular, uh, the decision to go with this particular story, starting with the entire history of the Amazons? Um, A couple reasons. I think it's the thing that interests me the most is, you know, I was, I was always more drawn to the idea of the Amazons than I was to Diana in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there was, you know, also I had, when I, pitched it I'd just seen the film and and I and it was like no (laughs) 
No. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, there was just a lot of that. That, that feels like the most Kelly Sue answer. <laughs> like, oh no, no, and this is not how it happened. This is not, how it happened. It was, it's it all- not like, you know, like, look, that, that movie was really important to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I'm very happy that it exists in the world. But I, I felt like this is not, m- my interest is over here. Why are we like, I want to stay here. I want to know, you know, and so it was like, well, you know, write the book you want to read. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 that's what I've done is um, uh, gotten my absolute like dream team artists and made the book about the parts that I, I wanted to know more about. Um, and uh, so, you know, the, the, the story arena for the first book. Um, and by the way, the second one's almost done. Like, so we're, the, the bad news about it taking three years for us to get this out is it took three years for us to get us, get this out. <laughs> the good news is um, I think all the pencils and most of the inks are in for the second 64 page issue. Um, and uh, I think that's right. Uh, Gene Ha did the second issue. And, uh, uh, and Nicholas Scott is hot on my tail for more pages for the third issue any minute now. So, that answers a, a listener's question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Someone asked if Phil Jimenez was was all the issues or no. Um uh no, Phil is a- absolutely incredible and his DNA and partnership exists throughout the entire series, but um but he's only um penciling the first issue. Um I think he might Actually, I don't know if this is true. I, he may or may not be doing covers for some of them going forward, but I'm not sure about that. I feel like if he did more than one of these issues, his arm might fall off. Well, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> it is so rich and so yes. detailed. There, especially with the back matter, which I won't give away um, in case it's a little bit of a you know like a surprise or like a special treat for the readers but man we've actually released two pages of the back matter in the preview so you can you're cool super super so for the listeners uh something something to get excited about if you haven't seen it already is once you get to the end of this first issue they show you some of the tribes uh well they show you the tribes of the amazons of which there are four six six tribes Six. six tribes and um each one has five members, mm-hmm. uh, including one that is the leader of that tribe. And the back matter includes detailed images <laughs> for each of the characters and a little bit about them, um, not just the art. So just like, again, like like reading a tome with a ton yeah. of characters mm-hmm. and a ton of story and geography. They've got those like trees of like, here's all the important characters so you can keep track of them. It has that 
yeah. it has that sort of textbook feel to it that way. Yeah, I told him that Blake was like, "Ooh, you have written us a handy cosplay guide." <laughs> yes. I yeah, I remember. I got to the end. I thought, "Oh, this is like some of my favorite RPG stuff." It's like the Who's Who. I was like right? anything with those kind of breakdowns and bios, yep. and like a fold-out map. I'm like, oh, I'm in heaven. Oh, it's so fun. Oh my gosh, Gene did a map in book two. <laughs> you get to see where, like, where all of the different tribes are set up, like where they break camp. Actually, like, it's very, it's very cool. I was like, oh, a map, a map, I love yeah. a map. <laughs> so, yeah, it isn't like a map. I know. Ooh. I, I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that this is probably some of this is uh, Phil Jimenez's best work to date. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I I was struck by the fact that everything that happens in Olympus is all two page spreads. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's like I I got that stylistic artistic choice immediately. I'm like, oh yeah, nope that that makes sense. That tracks. Yeah. Um, and there's so many Easter eggs, like on every page, just ridiculous number of things that are either absurdly detailed in their rendering or, uh, you know, just like rich in references. Um, I'm thinking... Of, there's a there's a double page spread where you see uh, the six goddesses mm-hmm. traveling to Tartarus, um, and you know each goes her uh, you, she each has to find her own way in, mm-hmm. and um, and the the thing is that like Demeter just walks through the front door because Hades owes her right. Um, so you're playing off of the, the rich, like the story of Persephone and like all of that. And so, um, so we're, you know, and none of this is in the text. Um, and, but it's in the script where we talked about, you know, okay, so, um, Demeter is one of my favorite characters. Um, do, do we curse on this podcast? I don't know. Oh, Do yes. whatever you want. Okay. Yes. All right. So, uh, uh, she's like, fuck you. I'm going through the front door and you try to stop me. Right. And, uh, so she goes and Hades is like, oh, please. Um, uh, you know, and, and that's not an actual exchange that happens in the book, but, but you see the floor on which she is standing is, a uh, a fully rendered story. That is not in the in the script. That does not. I I don't I don't know why he wrote in. There's another comic inside the comic <laughs> on the floor as Demeter goes to hell. Oh, sweet um, wow. mother of God! Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Also, um, all of those vases. Okay, mm-hmm. that's not that's not vases that he took pictures of and traced. He's all of those vases he's drawn like and I, I don't mean drawn like a, like with his hand I mean like created all of the stories on the vases those are all they're, they're none of them existing vases this is all stuff he's done 
Um, I love love those few pages. They are, that's the first moment when you're going through this book for the first time that you're like, holy shit, this is going to be huge. And and the, um, there's one, um, I think it's Penthesilea, her armor has, there's, there's also a, there's a comic on her armor. There's her story on her armor. Um, If you look at, like, you have to see what he's done that it's just layers and layers and layers of work that make this book uh, and just a treasure, I think. Um, and, and like I say that with, with no ego whatsoever, because that was not in the script. I did not tell him, oh, also, you should probably write a whole comic on the armor. That was not me. That was him, <laughs> you know? That that was actually going to be my next question was how much input did you have with the design process? Like how, how much of this was a collaboration and discussion with, with Phil when, when putting this together? There's, I mean, there's a lot of discussion. We have like threads and threads and threads of, of email chains and Slack chains and text chains and, but I can't take credit for the design. You know, know, that's really, Mm -hmm. we would have conversations about it, but that's really Phil. That's um, the conversations would be like, like he would send me Hera in three different extraordinary fully rendered dresses. Right. And I, and he's like, which one of these do you think? I'm like, you're fucking insane. I love you. Just pick one. You know, like, um, you know, and, 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 you know, if you want me to pick one, I like this one. Here's why it, but, but also it's all him, you know? Um, so my stuff would be like, like I give acting notes. I don't Mm. give a lot of, uh, it's a feel of it more than it is a please draw this. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. More like an, an emotional content that he then draws upon. Yes. Um, and and like, you know, we talked about everything being very fashion-y. Like we wanted, and particularly for Hera, uh, you know, we want Hera to have, like, I think every time you see Hera, she's in a very, she's in a different gown, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And we wanted mm-hmm. everything with Hera to be, like, super elevated and very, like, the fashion version of. Um, but then there's stuff like, um, like, my suggestion was that Godspace or Olympus would be um, uh, uh, like a, a, a flat two-dimensional pattern, not that, um, you know, so, so it's, it's, it's not at all, like, that's just Phil. That's all Phil. Wow. When you say two-dimensional pattern, do you mean that, like, you were envisioning the, the scenes with, that happen in God's space to look like the urns and the vases? 
No, I was, I was, I thought that the, um, the, the, that the space would have no sense of space. Like I didn't want it to look like a place. So uh, that it would be like, like a, like a pattern. Like I, um, uh, so this is being um, recorded. Not, this is a listener thing, not a, we're looking at each other's faces, but nobody's looking at our faces or we're live on Facebook right now. Yeah. We're live on Facebook. People are watching us. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, uh, so can I, how do, can I share things? How could that? Uh, yeah. Let me, let me set that up really quick. No problem. Um, um, so we have these Pinterest boards. If I share the whole Pinterest okay. board, he'll, he'll kill me, but so I'm not going to do sh- that. You should be good now. Okay. All right. Well, what I am going to do is uh, have a very difficult time logging in and that's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> and then uh, maybe I can just pull up what I had given to him as reference for um Well, we can uh, certainly throw a few other listener questions while you're playing. Yeah, up. let's do that. Um, got one listener, Brad, who's asking, um, outside of Historia's run, uh, what is another title you'd like to do on DC's Black Label? Um, that's a tough one for me to answer because... Um, Because there's there's another thing that's supposed to happen that may or may not still be happening for reasons that I don't think I'm at liberty to say. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those like stupid, like I, I'm not I'm not sure I I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to talk about mm-hmm. there. If it's not happening, I could tell you about it and tell you why it's not happening Mm. but i don't know that it's the the reason isn't terribly mysterious but if it is happening then i'm certainly not allowed to talk about it yet we're all pretty familiar with comics limbo (laughs) (laughs) we opened opened the show talking about aaron's comic limbo oh yeah which just finally ended (laughs) finally ended last week what's going on uh, I am finally getting to publish uh, Season of the Bruja from Oni. Comes out next oh, month. Oh, I've seen, um, I've seen, like, the, there's one particular image of, I've seen of that, like, several times. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's, um, thank you. That's that's all uh, Sarah Solar, the artist that I work with. She lives in Barcelona, and she's fucking phenomenal. Fantastic. Um, congratulations, buddy. Thanks. I'll send you a copy if you want to read it. Yeah, I'd love that. Thank you. Okay. Um, okay so i may not be able to do this because i can't seem to get signed in so that's neat um i signed in and i'm like none of my boards were there but it and then it was like well wait what just happened i'm like oh you're signed in as a if that's not your account so i must now have just created a second account so this is great this is awesome i'm really happy about everything Um, pinterest has betrayed me many times with that very same issue Mm mm-hmm yeah, I don't want two accounts. 
No. This is why, I, like an old lady, I keep like my Pinterest. Like, it has like an automatic button on my computer, so I, I know how to get there. It's I, I think Pinterest is just weird. Hence, hence the magic button. Yeah, I, I don't understand why it. Oh, and now two-factor authentication. Good, that's great. This seems like a really, really good time to ask one of our other listener questions, which is. <laughs> What is your favorite Amazonian Amazonian profanity? Amazonian profanity, but like like great Hera or whatever. Is that must be what they mean, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. So. I don't think it's really profane. I think it's like excel an, an exclamation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, uh, suffering Sappho. I think. <laughs> Where have I heard that one? Yes. There you go. Um, oh my gosh, I got signed in. Woo! Let's see what happens now. Let's see if that boards. <laughs> um, come on. All right. Do we have another question while I'm looking? Mm-hmm. What else we got? Uh, we've got, uh, what didn't make it into the book that you really hope you can do in the next chapter? I guess in the next, the, the second trilogy. <laughs> um that you're willing to share i guess also sure yeah um there's a there's a thing i knew i wanted to do with i I have to tread lightly on this but there's a thing i knew i wanted to do with um heracles that Mm. Mm. Didn't make sense in the first book, but it's in the third book. So, um, okay. I was about to add, oh, that asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now but, I'm now I'm really excited to see what happens with him. Yes. Um, it's good. It's real good. I'm very. Yeah. I don't, well, it's like. There's a, there's parts of this book I want to ask about, but I worry that it gives into almost like spoiler territory of the issue itself. And I want people to experience it for themselves. Um, Which you absolutely should listeners. Yeah. Go like, I guess I just messaged ring and said, Oh, by the way, please put this on my pull list. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I feel like I'll even bring up the character and how it moved me. It would, it would spoil something. Man, I have to to know more. I, I do I don't think it's you're not going to give away spoilers I think if you just address myths as we already know them okay I, so I guess the thing I will I will say is that the introduction of Hippolyta uh, made me just weep like a little baby that Aww. entire yeah I kind of lost it I'm going to lose it again god damn it okay that part, the- <laughs> there was a there was a lettering pass where I couldn't read that section. Oh. Yeah, no, it was pretty devastating for me. Mm-hmm. So good job. I mean, I, you know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that part's um, really hard. Um, but trust me. Oh, I, yeah, I do. I, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm 
not a sadist and that's not that's a really 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 important moment yeah and i and i guess i want to add for people listening it's not that it's it's not graphic it's not overt it's nothing like that it's just very emotionally raw Mm-hmm. Is 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 how it is what it is how it hit me is what I want to add. So I mean, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. actually something that's like really worthwhile to bring up uh, for anyone who maybe is concerned about content and and, yeah. and feels like they need a content warning about this book. I would not say that you need a content warning. There is at least not for the first issue. You can correct me if if that's that changes down the road, but. Um, while it is, in my mind, the, a book that is there to address, um, to, you know, to, to put it generally and not too graphically, like the hardship of women. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, so far, um, nothing in the book ha- that has been happened or portrayed is particularly distressing or harmful. Everything's done in a very tactful way. And so and- here's here's an agreement that we made. Um uh, when we, okay, this is a spoiler alert. So if you really don't want to know anything about the book before you read it, you should go to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> th- but I'm going to talk a little bit about some specifics here. So we have a scene that we call the indictment scene where Hera goes to the gods and says, uh, the treatment of women is not something that we can stand for anymore. This has to change. And she makes her case. And the way she makes her case is by presenting this history of offenses against women And it was, we had this challenge because on the one hand, we're talking about specifics and we want to talk about specifics and we wanted to talk about all the different kinds of offenses from the most blatant and obvious to like crimes of omission, right? Like Mm -hmm. um, exclusion, leaving women out of making decisions about their own governance. Some of the more insidious stuff. Yes. And so we had, so we have to talk about these things specifically, and this is a visual medium. So we need to talk about these things in pictures, but it was really important to us that this violence not be either salacious. I didn't want to be any, no beautiful violence. Um, nor traumatizing. If we are in fact centering the female reader, then we want to be cognizant of that and not show her traumatic images, right? So what we did was we took advantage of the comics form and abstracted all of those moments. So every time there's an act of violence against a woman in any way, um, that violence, that that woman becomes a red silhouette. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in, in 
removing her from the picture and such that she becomes this red silhouette, that, that act is not, it's not beautiful. It be, you are immediately distanced from it. You immediately have kind of the protection of abstraction. Um, it doesn't play down. It, do, it doesn't erase the moment, but you can't be traumatized by it, nor can you enjoy it you're simply made aware of it, okay? However, when the Amazons commit acts of violence against their oppressors, there's no such abstraction. That violence is fantasy violence of, um, the, the kind of fantasy violence that's been available to men for ages right like mm-hmm. the, the like i'll get back at them kind of violence so um so there's you'll notice throughout the book that that there's a very different tact taken when it's um punching up versus punching down okay you can come back yeah. from the bathroom now <laughs> uh i will I guess my my comment to that, um, without giving away spoilers, is knowing what I know about Hera in her depiction in this book, um, as a as a person that likes to be three steps ahead of everything, and is with a partner who is always ten steps ahead of me, I really appreciate who Hera is in this book. And am paying attention to the fact that she already knows. Yeah. (laughs) So everything, like I'm trying to keep that in mind as I'm reading her reactions to things. It's like you, okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, is writing. She's my favorite part to write, and um, that comes across. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I, I, I've gotten in the third book, I get to write her and Demeter, which is just completely wonderful. Um, and in the first book that she has several scenes with Athena and, um, and the, like her, like her dismissal of, Athena is very funny to me for some reason. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, like there's a there's an exchange where she says something like, uh, uh, "Like so, you, so you." She's like, "Oh, it's you, the smart one," you know. Like, in <laughs> the, uh, the in the 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 second book, I think. Athena comes back to her realm and there's a moment where Hera's like, are you really the best we've got? Like, um, yeah, she's, yeah. I, love her. I love her so much. I just dragged a couple of images that I had suggested to Phil as um, Godspace reference. And you'll see how incredibly different they are. That's what I meant by yeah, I'm going to see if I can bring them up here. 
Uh, uh, oh, now my computer's being weird. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I, can, I can see if I can do it. That's going to take additional time. Sorry. No, that's okay. Technology is... Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, now mine doesn't want to. Thanks a lot, computer. <laughs> All right, here, give me sharing rights. Everyone should have it unless it messed up on me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's letting me do it. So here's the first image. Okay. There you go. Perfect. And then let me see if I can do the second one. Oh, maybe it won't because I'm in I'm in sharing mode already, so I can't find. I should have downloaded them both at the same time. Mm-hmm. But that, so that's the idea, though, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. First, so just this simple, like something that didn't look like like a physical space, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, Phil did. He he took the spirit of that. And did the, the 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 kind of played off of uh, there you go there's another one um, off of George Perez's Escher influenced um, Mount Olympus mm-hmm. and uh, and he did he did create a place that doesn't feel like it's a like it is a space that can exist. Um, but he did it in a way that was far more rendered. Yeah, uh, it's it's gorgeous what he what he produced to sort of give you that sort of you know not yeah. it, that, that, that this is not the mortal world vibe. Yeah, and like everyone's shapes and sizes are like you know Zeus's. Uh, uh, like King Kong compared to all of the other gods, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. like there's just no one's no one's size makes sense in a in a um proportional way, mm-hmm. um, which I just super love. I love that about comics that we can do things like that, um, and it works and works somehow better than something more naturalistic. Yeah. I, I like, I, I, I'm, I'm going back to the page when, um, I th- was it a, when Athena visits Hera again? And yeah. like the scenery in the background just hits me as like a primordial state of constant flux. There's it, nothing is ever done. Yeah. And there's a, there's like, he put this glitch effect in Hera's realm. So it like, it mm-hmm. wiggles your eyes a little bit. Yeah, which made me think when when you shared those images before, my brain immediately went to like almost like early broken code, for lack of a better term, of of a creation that is not quite ready or we aren't able to comprehend what is being done. Yeah, there's there's this like very strange, like it it almost makes your eyes wiggle. Mm -hmm. Well, and then the the two-page spread right after that is... It's Hera talking about like, look, you're like, you're smart and you like, you can evaluate what has been and what is and imagine what will be or might be. But I, I see everything. And that imagery is, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so hard. I mean, like it's not, it's not that something that can't be done, but it is really hard to sort of visually convey the idea of, I see 
everything. I'm not just speculating on the future. I see it as clearly as what happened, you know, an eon ago. Right. Um, and yeah. that's, that really, that really comes through in, in a very, you know, a, arguably, I mean, it's a two page spread, but it, it, it's a lot in a, in a very compact and yeah. finite area. Yeah. It's, it's just a tremendous illustration. And, you know, what we were talking about there is that like, you know, one of the goals of this book is a reclamation of Hera because uh, it just annoys me, frankly, that um, that the goddess of women is always portrayed as um, this like hag, fun wrecker, terrible person, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, if you so, but, but she's the goddess of of all women, like. No. Um, and so, so there was, there was this sense of like, okay, we want to, we want to reclaim her without, without rewriting her. So we want to recontextualize her, if that makes sense. So the idea was, you know, and this is not us, this is like, you know, Hera is supposedly has like the gift of that, that kind of sight, you know, whether that, that like can see all possibilities at once. Right. And I was like, well, wouldn't that make you grumpy too? Like, <laughs> you yeah, know, it feels, feels more like a burden than a gift. It's like, yeah. I, have, I, you know, I know how this ends and I hate it. Yep. <laughs> it's one thing to say time is a flat circle. It's another thing to actually embody it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. What happens when you have to stand on that circle? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Speaking of that sort of like, uh, not like rewriting, but reclaiming or recontextualizing. One of the things that we were sort of going over before we, you know, went live for tonight's show was, um, again, some of the armor and how complicate, complex and, and detailed it is. And one of the things that had caught my attention was in the tribe of Athena, Helene has um, armor that um, it does include a chimera eating a horse and that's like a little f you to neptune mm-hmm. um and it's like i don't i'm not great with greek history so i got a little extra context for that but it, we also drew attention to the fact that that same character has medusa's head mm-hmm. at the front of her breastplate and i think aaron was it you were saying like they don't like those two characters historically don't have a good history together and i i can't remember well, the details but i mean in in the myth they're understandably not not buddies at least as i've as i've read the myth before yeah yeah but she um it's not a uh celebration of medusa it's that like uh uh athena i look this up before i say the wrong thing but um i believe a while I'm looking this up, just to confirm here, is there another question we should do? Let's take a look uh, at the and I, listeners' chat. There, and I want to add, like, and I want to add, I wasn't saying something like, "Why would they do this?" I was legitimately curious about the those images um, combining together. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And well, my uh, understanding is that Medusa is is a a very maligned character, but you know, like maybe that's just because men wrote that story. Well. Um, but the, but there is, I mean, Athena has Medusa's head on her shield, like, but, and I, but I don't remember if this is, 
um, there's a, there's like, if, if you look up a picture of Athena, you'll see her, her shield has Medusa on it. Um, but. So it's not a question of, is it out of triumph over Medusa or is it, um, reclaiming the iconography of Medusa as being a champion thereof. Yeah. Um, now predictably, I fucking love Medusa. Um, Mm -hmm. shocking. No one. Uh, I really hope one day she gets like her own series that is way more honest with the character than how she's presented in every mythological story. I have a problem that I will now never be able to write Medusa because Greg Rucka pitched me a Medusa story that was the absolute best Medusa uh, story I've ever fucking heard. Yeah, he's told me the story too. With this I, one. Yeah. Yeah, so. I'm going to... Yeah, that sounds him, like I'm going to hit him up tonight. I'm like, I somebody, need to hear about this Medusa story. Somebody got to Circe first, so he can't do that. There you go. <laughs> um... So it's just what I'm seeing here is um, that she the severed head, which had the power of turning uh, into stone, all who looked upon it was given to Athena, who placed it on her shield. Mm. Mm. Um, but so that's the 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 reference Helene's armor is it's it, because Helene is the queen of the tribe of uh, Athena. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think it is a particular celebration of Medusa, although we'd have to ask that that choice was a fill choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to interpret it, I would totally go with a celebration of Medusa. Um. Yeah, I, I I could go down a huge rant path about how Medusa has been done wrong since like day one. So yes, but I and, um, and that's why sort of why I was curious <laughs> about it is because I feel like these days the the sort of common feel is that people look at the story of Medusa and be like, that's not great. That doesn't yeah. look good for any of the women in the story and. Like to the point where, like, you know what? I bet that's not even really what happened. You know, yeah. really. I, I feel like that there has been a very uh, natural movement um, among writers and creators um, in re-examining a lot of myths that we've all grown up with or we all have heard, and start going, "Hang on a second, that's not how that story goes." Yeah, um, and well, I but think that's that. Like that's the- purpose of myth right yes like i always think of um like the myth of the kitsune in japanese mythology and it's always the trickster god and they're always it's always women they're always doing something you know to try and trick men but more in modern interpretations of the kitsune have been going yeah but look at the men and it's like Mm -hmm. oh oh no that 
the the Kitsune is not the trickster. They are attempting to get justice for people that have been had things who or who have been wronged uh-huh. against the people who've done the wronging. Hi, I love that. Yeah, um, uh-huh. I I think I noticed that it, like it, the most popular one has been uh, Love, Death, and Robots. They did a, a Kitsune and Monster Hunter story. I was mm-hmm. thinking of exactly yeah. that example. Um, one last listener question. Sure. Um, going back to um, earlier, you were explaining that this book is, or this series is going to exist sort of in that that space uh, within DC that sort of keeps it separate from other canonical events. Uh, but one of our listeners, Hisham, is curious uh how much acknowledgement, if any, this series will give to events in uh, other corners of the DC universe. So some of those like other, a little bit outside of the, you know, the big three, as it were. So like an example is the, that he listed were uh, like Atlantis, King Arthur, and anything having to do with like Morgana Le Fay, um, the Wild West, which I didn't know DC covered, but uh, you probably know more about that than I do. Um, yeah, no, um, none of it. Uh, uh, this is very much, this is the Amazon story. Um, uh, but I like to think that the, how do I articulate this? Um, so the, the very first page, there's no images on the first page. The first page is words only, right? And so that is, the, the idea is our opening contract is tabula rasa. So what the narrator says on the first page is essentially, you think you know the history of the Amazons. Um, but history is written by the victors. And in the war between the Amazons and the gods of men, the Amazons lost. So there is probably no objective version um neither this one nor that but this one is ours and so what it does is it doesn't it doesn't say your stories aren't true it says your stories are your stories And these are our stories and probably the truth exists somewhere in between, Mm -hmm. but this is, this is how our people remember it. Um, And so for that reason, I think while it, in, in terms of DC continuity, if, you know, if you're keeping charts or Wikipedia pages, this is outside of DC continuity, but I think there's no reason it has to be thought of in that way. You can simply think of it as a subjective history by the Amazons. Yeah. And, well, and like you said at the very beginning, when you popped on, if you go to do all nine, the night story you said ends with Steve Trevor landing on the mascara. So, I mean, so I, I feel like by default, it really isn't, isn't going to touch on other quote DC history or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So. Right. I think it's and it doesn't really, and it doesn't need to. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that the the inciting incident for 
the story of like the biggest feminist icon of the 20th century is a man. Mm -hmm. Like there's something peculiar about that to me. Wait, maybe I'm, 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 I'm feeling slow right now. Which man is this? Trevor. Oh, yeah. I mean, Steve Trevor is the, that's, that's the inciting incident for her story. That's the reason she leaves the mascara. That's the reason she goes to the, you know, like it's, it's all, it's all for love. Right. Uh, Not exactly passing the Bechdel test. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I mean, I got part ways with Marston real hard. Um, (laughs) And like, that's, that's, I'm comfortable with it. And it's, and I'm comfortable with like, like, you don't have to, like if, you know, but, but I, I, that's a thing for me. When I think that like anyone who is a, like a, like a, like a, a well-read fan of, of like Wonder Woman for any amount of time is familiar with like what a convoluted history she's had. And, you know, her, feminism has had some like major like downswings yeah as well as some like really good upswings that's a uh to quote uh that this you know the the season premiere of discovery like the the difference between a a pendulum and a wrecking ball swing is just like a really fine line um yeah yeah, there's a there's a so marston's feminism is a kind of women are separate and different and better than men, right? And I don't think that that's... Good. <laughs> that, I think that's, that leans I think, into worship. I think it's bad. I don't like it. I would like <laughs> it to stop, please. Um, uh, I think this idea that I mean, a pedestal is just another kind of box, right? Like it's, it's, you know, you're, you're that kind of, of othering um, is just as dangerous and diminishing as the kind of othering that says that women are less than men, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's and, like a it's like a fetization that can also still lead to dark places if someone's put a whole gender or what have you on on a on a pedestal and you're just constantly telling them, "I've done everything for you. Everything you've done is because you're better than me." Like that leads down a dark path if you keep following it. Yeah, and it, and it, but it's yeah, and it's just it's a it's this other. I mean, it, it makes it's very uh, biologically essentialist, right? And it and it and it it downplays or ignores um, the cultural construction of gender um, and removes responsibility for that. Uh, and it just is this kind of. It's just diminishing. It's diminishing to men and women. I don't find it to be helpful. I don't find it to be aspirational. I don't find it to be um, 
true. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't find it. That's not my experience of the world. So, and, and that's our goal here is, you know, we, 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 we practice living in fiction, seeking connection to ourselves and one another and trying to write things that feel true. Um, and the idea that that women are somehow these elevated and completely separate creatures feels like some untrue bullshit to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So for this very lofty quote, some, 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 some <laughs> it's, it's a concept bullshit. that might serve some people, but not, as many it, it's a little bit too much for others you know and i don't think it's i don't think it serves anyone i think it's it's mm-hmm. actively harmful um what I, what I mean is like some people might feel served by that yeah, um, yeah like like you may enjoy it but right, you know, right. Uh, but, but some people like to be beaten right you know um it, it's it doesn't um if you scale it back from you know like one gender is better than the other to you know like being a little bit more balanced that helps more people in the long run well it's like the the point is we're all human beings you know the point is we're not so different the point is to not deny or try to erase or pretend to not see the differences but to also understand that how much of that is a construction of the world that we are born into. Yeah. And to look for ways for us to connect to one another rather than ways to put each other apart. Um, so, So the idea that You know, like his 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 theories are bug fuck. That's a technical term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like if you like if you read his shit, it's very hard to parse his actual theories. They're crazy pants. Um, but they have a lot to do with you know women as benign you know, gentle leaders. And, um, and I think that it's, it's just like denies women's humanity. Like I am, it's like, the, like this, you know, conversations I've had about like people who think that, that women don't, women can't like superheroes because you know, women don't have power fantasies or whatever. Like my dude, I am a five foot tall woman. Who's always kind of looked like a child. I could teach any man in any room about power fantasies, you know, (laughs) like, like, and, and I mean, that's also a, there's, there's all kinds of things to unpack there about like, you know, reduction of the genre and, 
what can be done with it. And, but there's nothing inherently masculine about power fantasies. Holy shit. You know, um, there's nothing like, I don't, walk around like with this you know natural tendency to want to love my enemy more any more than I walk around aware of the pendulous nature of my breasts you know what I mean like (laughs) like like it's not it's like you know like well what does it feel like to be a woman it doesn't fucking feel like anything I don't know you know um it's 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 human human it's human it's human (laughs) so anyway and with that that was was fantastic thank you i feel like we we can't we can't top that at all so (laughs) sorry about that um so let's do like the really like kind of not some, but when does it come out? Oh, <laughs> so when folks can start looking for it or ask it November 30th. There you go. And then, oh, uh, so like in a week, one, one so. for our, yes, yes, one for our, one for our parents in the audience. Uh, would you say this is cool for kids? My 14 year old read it. My 14 year old was the first person that read it. Um, so yeah, I mean. Would you, some, put, would you put an age cap on there? So, so here's my thoughts. Like it, it would depend on the the particular kid's appetite for um violence. I guess there is one scene that's gruesome um, towards the end. Um, my 11 year old and my 14 year old were fine with it. Um, your kid might be different. You should probably read it first and see how you feel about it. I don't write set. I don't write sexual violence. Um, uh, it's just a thing I don't do. I think it's ground that's well covered. Um, so yeah. Um, that's another thing I think is diminishing, but um, but I understand we did it once in Bitch Planet because we thought it was a really important part of a character's backstory, but we did it with a content warning and tried to handle it in a very specific and studied way. Um, but generally speaking, it's just not a place I go. So, um, uh, so that bit is off the table, but there is some legit violence, like violence, violence. Um, so I, I would say, t- you know, take the temperature of your particular kid, um, uh, you know, easily 15, 16 up, no problem in that sort of tween period. It would depend on, on, on your kid. Um, my kid knows that she, my youngest is 11 and she knows that she uh, was a big influence on um, the character of Artemis. And so, uh, so if I didn't let her read it, she would lose her mind. <laughs> and my son, um, oh, who we talked about okay. at the, 
my my son who we talked about at the beginning of the the podcast um uh was the first reader of the book and i did i did actually do revisions based on his notes so oh wow that's so great the yeah. first taste of being an editor yeah 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 but he's like he's he's a really savvy smart kid reads a ton of comics and uh and so it was like you know if there's anything I had him read it and then tell me the story back. And if there was anything that he got wrong or was confused about, then I went back and clarified it. Mm, cool. Smart. Yeah. yeah. Great. That's good practice too. Yeah. It was fun. It was super fun. It made him feel good too. Yeah. You know? And also before we let you go, uh, the image of you and he as Jason Voorhees and mother was <laughs> the best, oh my God. the best fucking costume ever. You guys turn it out every year. Like I had forgotten how tall he's getting, so at first I was like, "Is that Matt?" No, that's not. Yeah, I had to think. I was like, "No, that wouldn't be." You know, I was like, "Oh my god, it was the best costume ever. It was awesome." Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's um, yeah, it's crazy. He went from um in uh in the pandemic, I had bought him um uh a I bought him a size eight and a half shoe at the beginning of the pandemic for like to go back to school um and then uh and then we were locked in the house for a year and a half and he didn't wear shoes for a year and a (laughs) half and then he had to put some shoes on um and he went to put the eight and a half shoe on and that did not work and I was like oh sweetheart um, of course your foot has grown and that's, and so it was like, well, well, I'll order you, um, I got him like a 10 and a 10 and a half and then those didn't fit. Yeah. Um, Oof. yeah. Oof. And it was just like, what happened? And cause we were, we were like together every day for a year and a half and I just didn't notice what was happening and this was happening and I mean, <laughs> Like five feet tall it's a low bar but still it's crazy so. uh. <laughs> well kelly thanks so much for popping on it's been a long time so it was great to have you back on again oh it was very fun to hang out with you guys thank yeah, you yeah it was great and for listening to me rant and rave <laughs> nope that's why we do it that's what we're here for <laughs> yeah absolutely i appreciate you <laughs> yeah you too thank you thank you all okay. right Happy Thanksgiving, you guys. I'm yeah, glad. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Give our best to the whole family. I will. I was trying to see if I could get Henry to come in here, but I think he's um, Minecrafting and not checking his messages. So That will happen. I know. Kids <laughs> right. these days. Just tell him I'll post more role-playing photos later. That's the one thing he always hits me up about. Like okay. all the co- Every time he comments on my Instagram, it always has to do with role-playing games or board games. It's kind of hilarious. So. See, he loves it. He super loves it. Yeah, never right. goes away. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to pass on, on that y'all said hi, okay? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I almost left the meeting too. Like, oh, we're done here. <laughs> You've done that before on accident. You'd be like, okay, <laughs> bye. No, not, not while we were still recording. <laughs> no, we no. We still need to sign off too. True. Yeah, we do. We've been going a little bit here, so. Uh... That was awesome. That was fantastic. Yeah, it, yeah. It's always nice when it's been a long time since we've had a guest on that when they come on, 
they just camp out. I love that. And I love that we provide a space where they feel comfortable enough to just go, you know what? Let's talk about shit. Let's really talk about shit. I feel like we're going to get somebody in trouble one day because they're going to feel so relaxed after first 10 minutes (laughs) that like, they're like, oh shit. I mean, haven't we had to like bleep some stuff out for guests who like overshared a little bit? Uh... Yes, but I'm not going to say for who because I don't want someone to go back and try to find conjecture. Right, right. No, it's it's fine. Um, We just we're so warm and welcoming, guys. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not just being warm and welcoming. I think it's we we all have a little bit of understanding of the inside baseball, especially with comics, and then that makes it's like oh, I don't have to spend an extra 30 minutes explaining to you how comic books work. It's like, you already know. Right. <laughs> like We can just oh, dive right into it. Yeah. Oh, we all understand comics limbo. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, yeah, if you ever get a chance to, when the time is appropriate, uh, ask Greg about his Medusa story. It's fucking ridiculously great. Okay. Yeah. It's, It'll do. Yeah. I think he told part of it on a uh, culture chat. About a about like nine months ago with Mimi, so I think he hinted a little bit at it there. Okay, I must have missed that one. Yeah, I, I think he did. I can't remember. I think it was when they were discussing Circe. They did a look a little book club. Okay, and there's a really I, great novel that's a reinterpretation of Circe. Although apparently I've been saying it wrong. It's not Circe. It's like curse. It's yeah. It's different. Anyway, I always thought it was Circe, but. Clearly, I don't know these things because, Cable, you were right. It's Demeter, not Demeter. Because I'm just going to assume that Kelly Sue's not wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to correct her. I mean, sure. On her like, own you book. can correct me lots because <laughs> there are times that I'm wrong. But yeah. Well, she wrote a whole book on it. So, she you know, did. I. I it's, it's not like you're going to go back and tell her that, you know, it's the lariat of truth. You're never living that down ever. Well, I was, was still right. right. Why do I have? I no, I know, but I, don't I still think it's anything down. I know. I'm it living was, it up. It, it's still I, fun. It still makes me laugh to this day. And I backed her up on that. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's not as funny as cuisine art, but I'm over it. I'm over it with the cuisine art. Too bad. Say, I'm still using it. You say so many things wrong. I have any so. Given day. I have so few things that you say incorrectly. I have to just hang on to it like a rabid thing that hangs on to something. Wait, are you talking about cuisine art? Yeah. Which is a word that I only know how to pronounce because of Weird Al. Oh. It was in an early song of his about being a yuppie. And he talks about, I got my own Cuisinart. And I'm like, what the hell is a Cuisinart? And then I saw the word and went, oh, (laughs) that's what that is. Before we sign off, for the record. For the record, I know it's Cuisinart. I just like I had a, I was having a, a bad mouth moment, and I said cuisine art, and and, he, and that was years ago, and he just won't let it go. Um, years ago, it was I like, actually try to hold back. I actually hold back on all the things you say weird and dumb, and it's not because you're having a weird mouth moment. You just say them weird. To be fair, I almost always have a weird mouth moment. Apparently, that's part of my ADHD. I started talking to a doctor. They're like, no, no, that's because your brain isn't firing correctly to your mouth. Uh, prob- which is probably why you write more. And I'm like, oh. I thought you were, were going to say it's because like your mouth isn't moving as fast as your brain. No, the brain is like, and the mouth's like, what are you doing? 
Sensors. Well, see, now uh, I feel like I can't make fun of any of your weird mouth moments. Because oh, yes, you now, can. I'm, now I'm making fun of your ADHD. Yes, you can. No, uh, it's fine. Okay, good. Because I wasn't, I probably wasn't really going to stop. So. Yeah, you're not going to stop. <laughs> but really quick before we sign off, because you brought up Weird Al Cable. I don't know if you guys saw this, and then we have to sign off. It's been like a two hour show. Did you guys see that Weird Al posted this tweet? He's like, I want to thank everybody for congratulating me on that my kid rock parody except that's not me that was actually kid rock what? I saw that yesterday kid rock no did like this horrible to. video or something and everyone thought it was a weird out performance piece and he's like yeah that's not me that was actually kid rock but thanks for thinking i'm that good at parody i get that means that kid rock has officially reached parody of myself levels yes. officially yeah. officially like you can say that about someone but this is like in stone, written down, Wikipedia level. Yeah. Yep. Fascinating. Well, on that, I don't know what we're doing next week. Probably like a bunch of show recaps because we'll have yeah, more Star like Trek, Star Trek, and Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek, Star Trek, Hawkeye comes out. We finally need to talk oh, about Shang-Chi. Um, Cowboy Bebop, we're yeah. we're pushing out further. Like it, yeah, it's going to be it it's going to be a hot minute. It's ten I episodes. Also, uh, Jen and I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife last night, so I can chat about that a little bit next week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Hell, just, free. It's incredibly charming. I'm going to admit it right now. I've we had a that. lazy weekend, and I have already watched the whole Cowboy Bebop. Okay. I have not had a lazy weekend. <laughs> no, and you went yes. to Hawaii. No, I got in, back on Friday and I got yeah. to work immediately on Saturday. Mm. Also, in 2022, we are finally doing Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. We decided while you were gone. Oh, okay. We're, we're doing the entirety of that series. We have to. It is culturally relevant. There's going to be a huge live action show. We, we all got to talk about it. Right. Oh, and really quick, Norm in the chat. Uh, we, I will say, Steve Lieber is not the one we have to bleep out. We don't bleep people for saying horrible and yet hilarious things. We bleep <laughs> people that could get them in trouble with their jobs. Oh no, we say some of the most horrible things that happen around here. I guarantee it's taken me this long to get into comics because of things I have said on the show. <laughs> well, you're doing it now. Yeah. Anyway. Did you get that message, Cable, in the chat? I did. I'm over here having a moment. Thank you very much. I didn't get a message. It's in the Facebook chat. Oh, well, with that, we should wrap up. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I saw it now. Well, with that, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Bean Rita. And I'm Henry Leo's biggest fan. Yeah! <laughs> uh, we will talk to everybody next week. Bye, boy.